0: The best and brightest physicians choose to work at Boston Medical Center. And now it's time to hear what they're saying. This is Boston Med Talks. Here's Melanie Cole. Through innovative treatment, education, and research programs, the Graykin Center for Addiction at Boston Medical Center is committed to making long-term recovery a reality for every patient. My guests today are Michael Botticelli. He's the executive director of the Graken Center for Addiction, and Paul Kuziak. He's the father of two young men who are now in recovery, and he's an advocate for families and a parent coach. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Michael, I'd like to start with you. Set the stage for us a little bit here and tell us what is the state of addiction in this country today.
1: So, we are really seeing uh, an unprecedented level of morbidity and mortality associated with drugs and drug overdoses in the United States uh last year almost 72,000 people died of a drug related overdose the vast majority of those are attributed to opioids like prescription pain medication and heroin and now uh illicit uh illicit drugs like fentanyl this is more than car crashes in the United States, uh, more than gun fatalities, and more than HIV deaths in the peak of the AIDS epidemic. So this has really been an unprecedented health crisis, uh, the likes of which the United States has never seen.
0: Paul, tell us your story, because as as Michael discusses the state of addiction in the country, you're kind of ensconced in that. Tell us your story.
2: So I've... Um I'm just a dad um, who's uh, worked in high tech most of his life, and uh, one day my uh, world changed. Uh, my wife and I felt as if we were sitting in the bleaches watching our kids playing sport, and then one injury. very fortunate. Uh, Today, my oldest son is 34, and he's been doing well for over eight and a half years. And my youngest son is 30, and he's been doing great for about 11 and a half years. So my wife and I are very grateful. We're really proud of our sons, and and we're trying to give back in any ways that we can to help other families.
0: Wow. Well, you certainly are, and what a story. So, Michael, tell us about the Graykin Center. When was it launched? How did it come about? And then we're going to Ask Paul how he is helping other parents.
1: So Boston Medical Center has a very long history of innovation and care for people with substance use disorders. It's a bit unusual uh, for uh, many hospitals um, who haven't really thought about how they treat people with addiction. So you know, programs started here over 25 years ago to deal. With uh, many of the patients who intersect with Boston Medical Center, and has really been an innovative leader in clinical care, in research, in treating, uh, in treatment, and education, um, but really. Realized, given the magnitude of the drug crisis before us uh really needed to do more work and We're very fortunate uh to get an incredibly generous gift from the Graykin family to establish the Graykin Center here at boston medical Center and really, the function of the Graykin Center is to continue to innovate uh making sure that we have uh, good clinical models to treat particularly our most vulnerable people, to make sure that we continue to do a good job at educating practitioners around addiction, and to really continue to replicate model programs across the country. So really, through the resources of the Great Consenter, we really want to continue to innovate and accelerate the, the great work that's happening here uh, and make sure that that's a standard of care across the country.
0: Paul help us understand what it's like for a parent speak about how important support for parents is as you're a parent coach and an advocate for families and I myself am a parent and this is such a heartbreaking story to hear and yet hope in the tunnel there and hope at the end tell us what it's like and how you were able to get involved
2: well it, it was a long you know process there's no manual for it for this. At least there wasn't um, back in the day when I first learned that my first son was struggling with um, prescription opiates, like I said, which led to heroin. But um, w- what I realized is, you know, very early on that you need to move past stigma. You have to just treat this as if it was any other illness and reach out for help early and often. And that's what um, my wife and I did. You know, we um, we just moved past um, any blockades that were there, we stayed in our kids' corners and we advocated for them just like we would if they had any other illness. This led me to um, organizations like the Partnership for Drug Free Kids, where I've been a volunteer for about eight years and I've recently joined them. In 2014, I became a parent coach when we first started our National Parent Support Network. And it's just been a wonderful organization. We have... um, evidence-based resources that cover everything from awareness to education to prevention, intervention, treatment, and recovery of substance use disorders. And these are resources that can help any organization throughout any community. But our focus is really helping families in crisis. So I um, so wish this was available to me back in the day, but it is available now. And we're so grateful to have this collaboration partnership with the Graykin Center to help families in Massachusetts.
0: Michael, speak. Speak a little bit of how the center is serves as an umbrella for all of BMC's work in addiction. Explain some of the programs that people might not realize are available.
1: So the way that I like to talk about this is that uh for people with substance use disorders that they're tr- treated with dignity and respect uh wherever they intersect with services here at Boston Medical Center. So uh, whether that is through our emergency department where we have an opioid urgent care center that tries to serve as an intervention point and a gateway to treatment. We have a youth and young adult program that serves uh, that that specialty age group in our uh, pediatric offices. We have a program for pregnant uh, pregnant women with opioid use disorders and substance use disorders to give them and their babies good care, not only prior to delivery, but also provide them with a level of support services. uh, after they deliver. We we also have one of the largest primary care-based treatment programs that provide people um, integrated treatment care along with their uh, primary medical care. And we have over 700 people uh, in that clinic. Um, We also have a program that identifies and intervenes with patients with substance use disorders who might be hospitalized because of their addiction or a related health condition. So, I, you know, I, I... the way that I like to talk about this is that we provide a level of support and intervention uh, wherever people are intersecting um, with uh, Boston Medical Center services. And that's really highly unusual for a hospital or medical center. And we like to think that we are kind of delivering overall excellence in substance use care, regardless of where our patients are in our healthcare delivery system.
0: Well, you certainly are. So, Paul, when you work with families and parents, are these programs for parents, are they intended to learn to cope with their own feelings if their child suffers from addiction, or are they also helping parents learn the skills to help their child? As you said, programs like this were not available back in your in the day that you were dealing with this. So are are they teaching parents how to intervene, how to get their children or their loved one into the center. Tell us a little bit about your work with parents.
2: Sure. For for far too long, I think parents have heard you know the term tough love, or we've been told that we can't help our kids. They need to hit bottom. We need to detach, you know, in some cases throw them out. And we wouldn't do this if our kids had, you know, any other illness. But, you know, but fortunately, you know, there is, there is another way. And you know, as I said earlier, I think by staying engaged, you know, parents can help. So today in our parent support network, and what we mean by parent, by the way, is a parent or any significant caregiver in that child's life. And we're helping uh, kids that are in their teens, their 20s, their 30s, and some are older. And the drugs may vary from beer to wine to marijuana to prescription drugs to, as Michael said, heroin or fentanyl. But parents can call into our helpline And they can talk to um, a bilingual master's level specialist. They'll get um, one-on-one guidance on how to develop an action plan for their family that will teach them ways to um, practice self-care, improve communications with their child, and learn ways that they can encourage and motivate their loved one to realize that they want to change. In other words, to seek treatment, to succeed in treatment, or to embrace recovery. And we do that by providing a lot of resources such as uh, ebooks on intervention, medicine assisted treatment, or just a couple of examples. Or we may talk to the parent about their self care. That might include mindfulness based stress reduction, or the benefits of parent support groups, or how residential treatment might differ from outpatient care. So we really try to help transition the parents from feeling like victims and feeling hopeless to being empowered. And I would like parents to know. That as part of our support network they can actually be paired with a parent coach for five or six sessions that are based around community reinforcement and family training and we our coaches have been trained on material covered in the book called A Guide for Families Beyond Addiction How Science and Kindness Help People Change and there's a parent 20-minute guide workbook so we blend our empathy our experiences with our own child struggles And we do this to help parents. And this peer-to-peer piece is is really exactly what parents are looking for. So I um, really can't do um, justice to explaining all the cool science and research behind this, but um, it's things that, you know, compassionate researchers and clinicians are really getting excited about today, and parents are too. But it's based on community reinforcement and family training. It blends in cognitive behavioral therapy and motivational interviewing acceptance, and commitment therapy, and what this really means to families, like I said earlier, we're giving you all sorts of tools to let you become your own interventionist to really encourage and motivate your child to want to get well. And uh, thank, thank you very much.
0: Wow. And you put it so beautifully. Michael, first last word to you. What do you want the listeners to take away from this segment That you're on with Paul as the executive director of the center and to understand how important, as you say, medical, you know, medical communities don't often partner with an addiction center such as this. So it's really early intervention and spotting these things even in the ER. Wrap it up for us. What would you like us to take away from the importance of addiction in this country and recognizing it in our loved ones? So
1: I think that there is an overriding belief uh in this country um and in the state and the city that uh treatment doesn't work and there is not effective help out there for either parents um of of a, of a loved one or someone who's affected themselves and I think what we really want to promote is that treatment is highly effective and that recovery is indeed possible and that even if your loved one is affected by this that we can offer you uh, help and hope for these issues it's really important that we create a sense of of hopefulness uh i think uh, too often um the media reports on all of the tragic consequences that are related to this epidemic. And while that's important, we also have to make sure that we instill people that there is uh, effective treatment and that there is hope out there on the other side of addiction.
0: And Paul, last word to you as a parent. And we have so appreciated your story. And it certainly is inspiring what you've had to go through and what you see on the other end. Give parents some of that same hope that you have now and and tell them what you would like them to know if they have a child that suffers from addiction
2: i would um welcome them to um to reach out to us like i said to um to try to stay engaged with their loved one and to move past stigma and take that courageous first step to um call our helpline to uh, join some of the wonderful um parent support groups you know that are out there or take advantage of individual counseling i think that um and I hope that any parent or organization who hears this can agree that uh, the more we all collaborate and share resources, especially when they're evidence based, the, the sooner more lives can be saved and more families can heal.
0: And the helpline number is 844 319 5999, or you can text HOPE MA to 55753, and that's for the Graken Addiction Support.org so you can learn more as well. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with us and sharing your stories and information today. It's quite inspiring and really gives hope and information to those out there who love somebody who's suffering from addiction. This is Boston Med Talks with Boston Medical Center. For more information, you can go to bmc.org. That's bmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.